say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to the rest. And uh, that's, uh, that's a day that we look forward to, we long for, and, uh, and we uh, anticipate in our life. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. If you have your Bibles, First uh, John chapter 5. First John, not the Gospel of John, a little bit later in the New Testament. First John chapter 5. And I uh, want to talk about the hope of eternal life. The hope of eternal life. Everything in life is temporary. Everything in life is temporary. It doesn't matter what it is. If you look around you in this world today, everything that is around us is temporary. Our clothes, our cars, our homes, our toys, computers, phones, even our physical life is temporary. None of the things in this world will last forever. Uh, There's an interesting phenomenon, especially in my family, and that is this thing called garage sales. Don't know if you've ever heard of those, but, uh, but my wife, my daughter, my mother-in-law, they enjoy garage sailing. And, uh, and it's an interesting thing. Then she likes to have garage sales. And I absolutely, it was one of those things in life that I just cannot stand. Okay? I just do not like having a garage sale. And um, and so you know we've over our years in marriage uh, she'll have a garage sale and I'll just I'll express just how much I don't like having garage sales and she'll say okay we won't have any more and then a couple of, of months no maybe years will go by and she'll say we need to have another garage sale and I'll say no you told me you weren't going to have garage you don't have to do anything yeah right right you don't have to do anything okay but here's the thing about it. Garage sales are for old junk that we want to get rid of. Things that are no longer useful to us. They were useful to us temporarily. They are no longer useful to us. That was once new stuff that we really had to have. But now we need to get rid of it so that we can make room for some other new stuff that we really have to have. But all of it is temporary. All of it is passing through in a world where nothing lasts and everything is temporary and everything is changing. Think about that. Think about how different our world is today than it was six months ago. Everything is constantly changing. And things are constantly being done away with. Wouldn't it be nice to have something that doesn't change? Wouldn't it be nice to have something that is perpetual? Something that is never ending? Something that is always the same? Well, in the Lord, we can do that. The Scripture says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, listen to this, For I, the Lord, do not change. I do not change. Our God is eternal and unchanging. He is always the same. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Jesus, 
does not change. He is eternal. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is eternal and does not change. There's one more, and this one is very important to you and I. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. It says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. So, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and His written word are eternal and never change. They are a constant for you and I in our life. Someone and something that we can depend upon every single day of our life, every moment of our life. Praise God, the eternal triune, God has made a promise in His Word, not just a verbal promise, but a written promise. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in Him, what? Should not perish, but have eternal life. Everlasting life. He has promised for us that that is available for you and I. It is available for everyone who desires to have eternal life. He has made it available. First John chapter 5. Pick up with me, if you would, in verse 10. And let's see what the author has to say. This is what he writes. The one who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the witness that God has borne concerning his Son. And the witness is this. So now he tells us what the witness is that he just was referring to. That God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. And he who does not have the Son does not have the life. Now this is the important part. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. He said, I have recorded these words in order that you may know with confidence that you have eternal life. We can be sure of our eternal destination. We can be certain of our future. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says this, The wages of sin is death, but listen, but the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life. God has freely offered to us the gift of eternal life. And He says, as a gift, I give it to you, All you have to do is receive it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to deserve it. All you have to do is to receive the gift. The way I see it, there are four possibilities related to eternal life. The first one is this, that we are lost and we know we're lost. That we are eternally condemned to hell. And we know that. We recognize it. And there are people just that way. To be lost and to think we're saved. That's a very dangerous place to be. To be lost but think I'm okay. Think I have the gift of eternal life. To be saved 
and not know it for sure. Okay? In other words, you've heard people say, well, you know, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Well, I'd like to think I would. Well, you know, I'm not sure, but I hope so. You know, they say things like that. And so they're saved, but they're not confident. They're not sure. And the fourth is this, to be saved and to know you're saved for sure. John writes, and he says, I have written these things so that you may know, so that you can be sure that you have eternal life. No questions, no doubts, no uncertainties, so that you may know that you have eternal life. The words eternal life appear in God's Word 42 times. And of the 42 instances that the phrase eternal life appears in the Bible, 22 of those, over half of those 42 references, come from John's writings in the Gospel of John and here in John's letter, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Over half of those John references eternal life. And here he writes and says, I have written these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. I want every one of us and those who we come in contact with in life as we share the gospel of Jesus Christ to be confident, to know that we have eternal life through the Son, Jesus Christ, and the gift that God has given us. And so this morning, I want us to talk about that, that word. He says there's a testimony. The testimony means that this is, this is the witness, this is the testimony, this is the evidence, this is the truth. And he says if you have Jesus, you have the testimony already within yourself. You have the truth living within you that God has given us the gift of eternal life, that He has made us a promise, and this promise is sure for you and I. First uh, John chapter 2 and verse 25, a little bit earlier, he talks about eternal life. Before we get to that chapter 5, listen to what he says. And this is the promise He made us, eternal life. This is the promise God has made. It's not something that, that's uh, well, it's questionable or it's in doubt or it's a maybe or it's a could be. He said, this is the promise that He has made us. And the promise He has made us is eternal life. And so when I read that passage in John chapter 5, this is what he says. Either you believe that God is who He says He is, and He will do what He says He will do, and that He has given us the gift of eternal life, or you believe He's a liar. That's what John said. I didn't make that up. I'm not reading words into it. That's what he said. He said, if we believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God, and God has sent Him to be our Savior so we have eternal life, then we have eternal life. He said, if you don't believe that, then you've made Him a liar. You're saying He's not telling the truth. And so we have to decide in our life, where am I going to stand? Where am I going to stand in regards to salvation? Where am I going to stand in relationship to eternal life? Am I going to believe that God is who He says He is? He will do what He says He will do. And He has made a promise to me that I can have eternal life and He'll be true to that promise. Or am I going to say, no, no, that's not true. He's lying. That promise is, is not valid for me. Maybe it was valid at that time. Maybe it's valid for somebody else. But it's not valid for me. John says if we do that, we, we make him a liar. And so we have to, to choose. You see, this life is not about this life. This life is about preparing for eternity. This life is about getting ready for a life that will never end. This life will end. 
there will come a time that this old body, the Scripture defines it, it says it will wear out. It will be like an old used tent that we fold up and we lay aside. It's no longer of any use to us. This life as we know it, this physical body as we know it, he says it'll come to an end. But then there's a life, a spiritual life that's eternal. And he says all that we're doing in this life is preparing for that life. All we're doing in this life is getting ready for that life. Preparing ourselves to spend eternity in the kingdom of heaven, in the presence of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, by the witness and testimony of His eternal Word. He says we need to be prepared for eternal life. So here's the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning. How do I prepare? How do I get ready for eternal life? How do I prepare so that I can know for certain that I have eternal life? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, listen to what he says. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. Understand that? Not anything that I've done. Right? He says it's through grace that we've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. There, that, there's that word again. It's a gift. He gives the gift to us. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works, not, not anything that I've done. He says not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. He says, listen, God has given us a gift of eternal life. And all we have to do is receive the gift. All we have to do is, we haven't earned it, we don't deserve it, we can't work for it, we can't pay for it, we can't do anything to get it. All we can do is receive it. That's it. It's a gift. If I work for something, then I've earned it. It's not a gift. If I pay for something, then then I've bought it, I've purchased it. It's not a gift. A gift is given freely with no other strings attached. But I have to receive the gift. So the question is, how do I receive it? How do I receive this gift that he talks about of eternal life? This gift of living forever in the kingdom of heaven. And he tells me in relationship to that how I can receive that gift. Okay. If you have your Bibles, and I hope that you've got them with you this morning, turn with me over to the book of Acts. The book of Acts tells me how to receive this gift that he's talking about. Acts chapter 2. This is what we often refer to as the day of Pentecost. Often what we refer to as the transition in the church and the kingdom of God, established of the church, which we are a part of today. Beginning in verse 37, listen to what it says. It says this, Now, when they heard this, when they heard what? Well, Peter's been preaching on what we refer to as the day of Pentecost. He's been preaching the message of Jesus Christ. He's been preaching the message of Him crucified and His resurrection and His call to us to follow Jesus. He says, Whom you crucified. Okay? And now he says this, Now, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. What does that mean? That means they were convicted. That their heart was convicting them of this message that they were hearing. When they were pierced to the heart, uh, they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, What do we do about it? 
You've preached this message of Jesus. We're convicted in our heart. What do we do about it? How do we receive this gift that you're talking about that comes through this Jesus Christ? And here's the answer. The answer, he says, is this. And Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, here it is again. Remember that? What has He promised us? He promised us eternal life. That's what the Scripture said. That which He has promised us is eternal life. So here it is again. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Guess who that is? That's you and me. That's you and I. We're the ones that are far off. The promise, He said, is for you and your children and for all those who are far off. As many as the Lord our God shall call to Himself. And with many other words He solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them and being, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then, those who had received His Word were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So how do I receive the gift? It's a promise. Here it is. That promise is for your children and for your children's children and for all those who are far off. That's you and I. And he says, the promise of eternal life has been made available for everyone who will receive the gift. How do we receive the gift? He says, simple. Repent. That means turn around and go in the other direction. It means I've been living one way. He says, it's time for me to turn around and live another way. Repentance means that I, I realize that I've been living in sin, I've been living in disobedience, and I want to turn away from that. And so repenting is simply turning around heading the other way. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of those sins. In order to receive forgiveness for the sin that I've been living in, he says I've got to turn around, repent, and choose, make a choice. I'm going to go the other way. And when I choose to begin to go the other way, he says now be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And he says, when we do that, we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why do we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Because he said, listen, I don't want you to have to go through this alone. I don't want you to have to to struggle living the Christian life and being obedient to God's Word and being faithful to the truth by yourself. So he said, I'm going to send a helper who will help you in the journey. And so the Helper comes to help us in the journey, and He says if we will repent and be baptized, if we admit that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I need Him to save me, if I will admit that and believe that and and embrace that, He says then I am baptized. The Scripture says that baptism is is a picture of His burial and His resurrection, that I'm buried to, to my old self and I'm resurrected to walk in the newness of life. And he says, as I am baptized, I arise to walk in the newness of life. He says, then the Spirit comes to live in you. And the Spirit is there to help you to live the Christian life and to walk the Christian walk. That's how I receive the gift. Not anything that I've done. Can't pay for it. Don't deserve it. Can't earn it. He says, you just have to receive the gift. People say, well, that, that act of baptism, that, that's, a, that's an act. You've done something. That's a work. No, it isn't. It's receiving the gift. Let me ask you this morning. If I walked up here and I moved my Bible and I had this stool sitting here and I had a beautifully wrapped box and it had beautiful paper on the outside and it had a bow on it and all of that and I said to you, hey, here's a gift. It's yours. Okay? Is it yours until you receive it? 
what do I have to do to get the gift? What do I have to do to receive the gift? Well, you'd have to come down here, and you'd have to untie the bow, and you'd have to tear away the paper, and you'd have to open the box, and you'd have to look inside. Because the gift doesn't become useful to you until it's out of the box. But you have to do something to receive it. You you have to to go through the steps of receiving. And that's what has been identified in Acts the second chapter. It's the steps of receiving. He says, here's the gift. The gift is eternal life. I've made it available to every one of you. Eternal. I didn't change. My son does not change. The spirit does not change. My word does not change. And I give you eternal life that does not change. Now, he says, how do you receive that? He said, just go through the process. Just go through the steps of receiving. Repent. Confess that you believe Jesus Christ is the living God. Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. You rise to walk in the newness of life. And he said, and the Spirit comes to live in you to help you make that journey. It's just a process of receiving. It's not an act. It's not an earning. It's not a work. It's just a process of receiving. Just like you receiving the gift that I will sit on this, this stool this morning, you have to do something to receive it. And that means you have to come, you have to open the bow, unwrap the paper, open the box, and take the gift out. Now, once you've received it... Now it becomes useful to you. Now it becomes something that you can put to work in your life and use in whatever manner the gift was intended to be used. Same thing applies to the spiritual gift of eternal life. I have to receive the gift, go through the process of receiving it. Once I've received it, now it becomes useful to me. If I never go through the process of receiving the gift, the gift can't become useful and valid in my life and, and do something for me until I've received it. And so I have to go through the process of receiving, and once I've received it, now I go through, through life, and the Spirit is living in me to help me do what God has called me to do. The good works that he talked about there in 1 John chapter 5, the works that he prepared beforehand, that we might walk in them. He says, I have prepared a path for you to walk, and I will send the Spirit to live in you to help you walk that path. That is eternal. It's unchanging. It never changes for you and I. And so what I want to encourage you this morning is in an ever-changing world, in a world where, <clears throat> where everything passes away, everything gets old and worn out and we trade it off or get rid of it for something else, there is one thing that is unchanging. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and His inspired Word, they never change. And the gift of eternal life never changes. It's made available to every whosoever. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's available to anyone who desires to receive it. So this morning, I really want to encourage you that you have received that gift. Be willing to share it with someone else. If you have received that gift and you know for sure that you have a secure eternity in the kingdom of heaven. Because that's what John writes and tells us. This is why I've written this. So you can know that you have eternal life. Then please, by all means, share that simple message with others so that they might know as well. This morning we're going to offer an invitation hymn. Perhaps there's someone here who has not received the gift. And today's the day that you need to step up and say, you know what, I want that gift. I want an eternal life that is secure, that I can know for sure, that is unchanging and is always available to me. I want His Spirit to live in me to help me in the walk of the Christian life. 
perhaps you've made that choice at some time in your life, but you've strayed and, and you've been unfaithful and, and you haven't been true to, to His Word. And today you want to say, you know what, I just want to recommit, rededicate, reconnect my life with His Spirit and His unchanging Word and the triune power of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this invitation is for you as well. Maybe you just need to, to go away today and say, you know what, I haven't shared that message with anyone. And today I, I want to start sharing that message with people that I know so that they can know that they have eternal life. Whatever decision on your heart, won't you come as we stand and we sing.